This is Kyle Hyman. Welcome to a very special episode of Truth and Charity. Joining us today in place of Bishop, because he's out of town, we have two special guests. Carl Lesh is the Diocesan Secretary for Catholic Education, and Zach Coyle is the principal of St. John the Baptist School in New Haven. Thank you both for being here today to talk about our Catholic schools. Appreciate it. Thank you, Kyle. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having us. Uh, we always like to begin with the Angelus, so if you don't mind joining me in prayer, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she, and she conceived, conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it, Be it done, done unto me according to your word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh. And, and dwelt, dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, your grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ your Son was made known by the message of an angel, made by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Catholic Schools Week is approaching, and on this week's episode, hear more about Catholic schools in the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, including their rich heritage and how they fulfill their mission of integrating faith with academics. To hear more episodes of Truth and Charity or to submit a question for Bishop to answer on a future show, just go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. Welcome to Truth and Charity. I am Kyle Hyman here with our special guests, Carl Lesh and Zach Coyle. Going to talk about Catholic schools today. We have Catholic Schools Week coming up in just a little bit. Our Catholic schools have all kinds of crazy activities that go along with that. Uh, but first, Carl, could you tell us a little bit about the work that you do for the diocese? Sure. I'm blessed to serve uh, as Secretary for Catholic Education. In that role, I support our Catholic schools, the Office of Catechesis, all our religious education, Sunday school programs, uh, youth ministry, and Catholic scouting. A little bit of everything. <laughs> kind of everything 18 and under. There you go. All right. And Zach, how about you? What do you do over at New Haven? Well, I love that Carl used the word blessed. I am very blessed to be the principal of St. John's. Been there a year and a half, and it's just been a great community to be a part of. I feel very lucky to work with our faculty, our students, and a lot of joy in that role. Did you always see yourself as a principal? Not in the beginning. No, I, um, of course, started out as a teacher, which was great. Actually, my, my career path began with the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. And so I was in Bridgeport, Connecticut. I'm from the East Coast, from uh -huh. Baltimore, Maryland. So was in college in Philly and went up to Bridgeport. And at that point in my life, had not yet felt the call to teach permanently, but heard that call to teach for a year and said, I, I really would love to give back and do that as a volunteer and, you know, walk to school, live simply, all that good things. And first day, I just felt this peace from the Holy Spirit that this huh. is what I needed to do. So loved that year. It was a grace-filled time. Uh, returned to Baltimore, where I'm from, and taught there for eight more years. And then over that time, felt God calling me to pursue additional leadership coursework, become a principal, 
served as a principal in the Baltimore Archdiocese for three years. Love that as well. Uh, but my family's from here. I met my wife teaching in Baltimore, but she's from Fort Wayne, and mm-hmm. it's been a real blessing to be out here and, and to be at St. John's. So that's it in a nutshell. Do you ever feel like being in the position of a principal, you're kind of taken out of the classroom, and do you ever miss that? There are times when I miss it tremendously. Teaching yeah. is fun. All of our teachers who, who might be listening, anyone in the diocese will tell you it's exhausting, but so <laughs> deeply rewarding. Yeah. And so I, I do miss that. The trade-off, though, is that I get to know all of the kids in the school. So... I might have only worked with the segment, but known them a little more deeply. But I now have that chance to know them all, and, and at times work with them a little bit, uh, a little bit more on a, on a deeper level, which is great too. And Carl, how did you get into Catholic education? That's a great question. Um, I was blessed to go to a wonderful Catholic high school. I was taught by Dominican sisters outside of Chicago, and uh, then came to Catholic school and. South Bend with that little school called Notre Dame. <laughs> and <Teeny> um, <laughs> my whole life has been surrounded by Catholic education. My mom taught in Catholic high school. My dad was on the school board. And out of my six brothers and sisters, my parents put us through 119 years of Catholic education. Holy cow. And I've told this story before, but uh, it just cracks me up every time. My dad had a graph of which kids were going to be at which level of Catholic education, how many in Catholic college, how many in Catholic high school, how many uh-huh. elementary school. And one year, he just wrote at the bottom, trouble. <laughs> uh, so I, I have great uh, empathy for the parents that sacrifice so much to send their, their children to Catholic schools. It's a great gift. It's been a great gift in my life and my family. I'm humbled to be in the position I'm in. My, my great-grandfather couldn't read or write. He literally signed his name with an X. My hmm. grandmother went to St. Aloysius. We still have her report card from 1908. Fantastic. Uh, my father went to St. Aloysius. It was heated uh, by corn cobs, literally two-room schoolhouse. Really? And he got grief when he left the farm to go to go to college. So he came back. He taught at St. Francis for a while. So Catholic education has been a huge part of my family life. Great gift to me and my brothers and sisters. So I'm thrilled to help in a small way. Yeah. Well. Uh, uh, Small is maybe a little bit of an understatement. We got a lot going on here in the diocese with uh, Catholic education. Has helping others to grow in their faith, whether it be teachers or the students, in both of your roles, have you seen that impact your faith in any way? Absolutely. You know, that's uh, for me personally. That's the joy of the job. You know, there's there's a lot of great things to it, and you think about how Christ calls you and how He affects our day-to-day life through prayer, whatever it might be. That's really the joy of, you know, when you wake up in the morning, it's super exciting to, to get up and do that. So I think about this year and a half, you know, out east in the Baltimore Archdiocese, there was a deeper pre-shortage. So mass, it was common to only have once a month. So we might have other rosary services and other things. But, you know, here we have mass twice a week. We have a rosary at least once a month, sometimes more. You know, and in doing that, when you're praying with the kids, when you're listening to the teachers talk about their faith journey, help lead the kids, Absolutely, it's helped grow my faith. I feel tremendously blessed. I think sometimes we get more from it than, than we give. And I, I hope I'm, I'm giving all I can, but it's, it's amazing what God gives you back when you, when you do that. Yeah. As a teacher, I remember looking out at these amazing students that I got to work with and thinking of the parents. And I really wanted to learn from these parents, how could I help my children someday to turn out as great as the kids I was working with. I'm happy to be teaching uh, theology at Dwanger at the time. And the same thing when I worked at Marion in Mishawaka, just so many wonderful families and just a privileged opportunity as these young people are trying to figure out the faith for themselves. And certainly difficult things come up in schools, and those are privileged opportunities to really to bring faith into it. Um, 
when there's a sickness in a family or death in a family, and just to see the family of the school, the individual families come together, it just I was deeply enriched and uh, learned a lot from the families. Yeah. And if I could add, Kyle, yeah. just think about how you're talking about the students, Carl. You know, I think back in December, we had a youth group for the junior high that my wife helps run, and uh, it's it's great that she can be there part-time and, and do that. It's really exciting. And we had a young man who came, and he comes regularly. And we didn't know it at the time, but this was his birthday party. And he came with some of his buddies, and they I think they'd had like maybe a Nerf gun war or something, but he wanted for his birthday party, turning, I think, 12, to go to Mass and to go to youth group and huh, learn about well. his faith. And and that story is, I mean, it, that super inspires me still. Yeah. But it's one of many that I think our kids do. And I think, you know, my parents did a ton for me. I was growing in my faith when I was 12, but I don't think I was at that level. And it's, it is inspiring. It definitely impacts your own faith journey. Yeah. I think with elementary school especially, there's this idea of you're kind of planting seeds and maybe you don't even see if they they ever get watered down the road and things like that. I, my degree is in education, so I did some teaching for a while. I did some youth ministry for a while. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you just never know like what impact you have on people. Do you ever right. hear back from students? Uh, they come back and say what kind of an impact either you had or the school had on them? All the time. Yeah, it's it's a grace. Now, you know, here I've been here a year and a half. So, we it's more <laughs> Not a lot of long-term effects yet. No, but it's but we have so many alums coming back who are talking to the teachers they've had and yeah. uh, some other staff that they know and love. Uh, but certainly out east, you know, I had that happen frequently and man, you know, you hear about our alums right now at Bishop Dwanger, at Bishop Lewers and the public schools wherever they might be and their faith journey. So, we we do hear all the the great things God is doing for them. Two quick examples that come to mind so Amy Johns, our associate superintendent, uh, just really impacting the principals. The teacher does a great job, but I was able to teach her back in the 90s at Dwanger. It's great to see that sort of, um, you give a little bit here, you have this uh, tremendous blossoming of uh, fruit in our diocese. And a couple weeks ago, I was invited over to a former student's house, and he had his buddy over. So two beautiful families with young children, and you just see the faith is so vibrant. That really warms my heart to see, you know, Hopefully, I had a little bit uh, mm. to contribute to that. It's really a blessing to see these families uh, that the faith is still important to them. Yeah. Why do you think that a Catholic education is so important, especially in today's world and society? So many reasons, but but the reason is Jesus Christ. You know, I think if if a family is maybe not sure of their own faith journey, and they're not at that point where they're as consciously searching for Christ's love, you can talk very directly and very sincerely about the love that the school truly lives out truly feels it is really a feeling in our schools hmm. and I've seen that in Baltimore and I, I live it every day here and our teachers love our children and they love the teachers right back and you know we're not perfect we have there's some bumps you know we have some some moments that we need to work a little more diligently on Christ's love but Kyle there is truly Carl you know it you've lived it a feeling of, of authentic love in our schools and so if somebody hasn't yet encountered Christ in a, in a more personal way they will. I really mm-hmm. believe that with all my heart. Uh, and of course, if you have that faith already, well, then come on in. You know, let's let's get to mass together. Let's start praying the rosary. Let's let's do it. Let's jump in. But that feeling of love is a uh, an authentic and deeply inspiring cell for the school. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great thing. A couple of years ago, I was invited to be on a panel with other uh, superintendents on the South Bend side, and so there are four public school superintendents and then me and. Uh, the, the moderator asked each superintendent, tell us a little bit about your district. What are you about? What are some of your main focus points? So I was the last one, and I just 
kind of said, look, our mission's different. Uh, yes, we want to, we have great academics and prepare our kids for being successful in life, but the true measures were working with parents to help get these kids to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's a harder metric. We don't see that till later on. Yeah. But to plant those seeds and to always keep that in the forefront, uh, whether that's praying at the start of class, the masses and liturgies that Zach talked about, um, but really we're trying to get our kids to have uh, working with parents to do that. Yeah. Carl, do you have any idea on what impact Catholic education has on, say, like vocations? Well, just take a look at a few of our recent vocation classes. A couple of years ago, uh, two out of the three were graduates of uh, Marion High School. Uh-huh. Last year, four out of the five were graduates of Bishop Dwanger. Right. You, know, you can kind of roll it back that uh, that daily formation, not that it can't happen in other ways. Sure. But we've been blessed with, you know, especially in the north side of Fort Wayne with St. Vincent, St. Charles, Dwanger, a lot of vocations coming through uh, our Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I have uh, many more questions about our Catholic schools. Again, we're doing a special edition of Truth and Charity today. And so coming up, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, voucher system and more about how we can include church teaching with our Catholic school systems. Coming up right here on Truth and Charity, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity. I am Kyle Hyman here with some special guests. Bishop is out of town. And so we have joining us to talk about Catholic schools. Carl Lesh, the Diocesan Secretary for Catholic Education, and Zach Coyle, Principal at St. John the Baptist in New Haven. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the history of Catholic education. Uh, I myself don't really know a whole lot about it, but uh, could maybe you fill us in a little bit how things have changed over the years and maybe how our Catholic education system got started? Sure. First of all, we owe a tremendous debt to the religious orders, particularly the religious sisters who have staffed our schools for over a century. Uh And just to give you some numbers on that. So back at the heyday of Catholic education, which was sort of the early 60s, there were five and a half million students in our Catholic schools. Now there are just under two million across the entire United States. Hmm. And back at the heyday, there were 95% of the teachers were religious. Wow. Now that number is completely flipped. In our diocese, there are 11, not percent, 11 out of a 1,000 of the teachers in our school are religious. Yeah. So for many of us in my generation, our parents' generation, we were absolutely blessed by the mission of these orders that came to our diocese, oftentimes invited by our bishops to come here and serve uh, different populations. I think of uh, St. Adalbert's in South Bend where they literally taught in Polish and other parishes where they had a high German population, high Italian, whatever. But... We have to start with a tremendous debt to the religious women who are the the shoulders upon whom we stand. Mm-hmm. And now that the torch has been passed to our lay people, and what a powerful witness uh, these great teachers that we have that uh, living their faith. When the best example is when our students can see their teacher in school, and then they turn around on Sunday morning and there's their teacher in the row in front of them being mom or dad as well. Right, Zach, you want to add to that? Sure. I think recently there's been a real trend, a real push. I can speak, I'm in year 15 in my career, that perhaps the public schools at, at one time, here I'm speaking more nationally, more, more from the East Coast, you saw you know, this push for the testing, for the rigor, for you know, what's our academic level, what's our mm-hmm. licensure rate of teachers. And I think nationally some questions, would Catholic schools meet the same standards? Well, I want to give a huge kudos to our diocese for long requiring teacher licensure. And there truly is a sense of a deep professional respect 
as a profession, which education is. Yeah. Uh, Prep for iLearn. We give a formative assessment three times a year, all the Catholic schools. So that's called the NWEA. We have great opportunities through our diocese. Right now, like our school, we have instructional coaching happening for our teachers, and that's with a partnership out of the University of St. Francis. So we can look at that data, have some coaches come in and tell us, hey, here's some better ways to maybe reach your kids at, maybe have kids at different levels, and here's some new activities you can try with them and new ways of grouping. So I think there really is a focus about the professional element of being an educator but beyond that, the starting foundation, just saying amen to Carl here, it's the mass, it's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's, we're leading our kids, God willing, every day. We're trying to lead them closer and closer to Christ in heaven. And so senior teachers at mass, they're there with you for that NWEA test. And we care a lot about that, but we care a lot more about where are our kids and their preparation to know, love, and serve God and one another. And I imagine there's a balance there with the faith and the academics where I have heard stories of schools in different parts of the country where it's so focused on academics, the Catholic identity has completely been Mm -hmm. dissolved. I I suppose you could, I haven't heard of this, but I suppose you could err on the other side and it being completely about the faith, uh, which actually sounds very noble because what is more important than the soul of the student, uh, but then to be lacking in the academics, almost kind of setting up your students for future failure in either future education or in life to not have some of those basics. So where is the balance between the faith and the academics and how do you balance that as a school? So actually canon law says we have to be at least as good, if not better in the academic preparation for our students. What we don't want is to silo faith over here and the other subjects separate from that. We want a fully integrated faith in every subject matter. Certainly, it's a little easier to integrate uh, faith life and spiritual questions, perhaps as you're in a literature course, or to weave faith into uh, where the historical moments in U.S. history. Sure. Might be a little harder in math class, but there may be some opportunities there. So. The best we can do is to have an, a teacher who authentically witnesses the faith in the classroom. They can naturally kind of go both the spiritual side and the rich academic history in our schools. So uh, we don't want it siloed. We want it fully integrated in every subject matter in our schools. Uh, one story that popped into my head just listening to you, Carl, was back, you know, uh, kind of the fun time before Christmas when things are kind of hectic and people are running around. I saw that uh, lived out in a gym class, and I think. You know, we, of course, we start gym class with prayer. Mm-hmm. So it's always there. We start all of our classes that way. But you don't always think about it, you know, instructionally in, in gym, uh, maybe beyond that. And so this day, it was uh, Grinch ball, which I'd never encountered before. And I got to play with the kids. <laughs> okay. And so the active team's running down the gym, you know, and they're, they're trying to get to this basket with these small little balls in it. And they, they grab the balls and, and run back. And these represent presents they're getting. But their opponents are on either side throwing these dodgeballs at them. They're the Grinch. Uh-huh. And so if they hit them with a dodgeball, then they have to go down and do push-ups and they can keep running. And, you know, whichever team got more uh, would win. So it was uh-huh. fun. But the teacher really at the and deliberately paused and tied that back into, well, what's the point? What do we need to do at Christmas? You know, we need to pray. We need to honor Christ. We need to give. Hmm. And this is Jim, you know, I mean, yeah. what a cool moment. <laughs> that was super fun. I mean, the game was fun, but yeah. hearing that tie right back to our faith. And I think you're talking about the balance. Carl said it perfectly with, you know, not siloing out our religion classes. But if we worked only on faith formation and deliberately tried not to instruct, well, our children wouldn't be ready for high school. They wouldn't be ready for college or to have a career. And the struggle they'd have in their life, how could they then know God's love for them here on earth? Hmm. It would be a lot harder. So I think those dovetail really perfectly. 
and in pursuing truth, we find the one who is the way, the truth, mm. and the life. So we pursue a what, but we find a, a who, who is Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. Amen. So you said in canon law, our schools are required to be as good or better than a public education? I learned this in the ACE program where I went through. I can't quote the number to you, but uh, the teachers purposely went through and said, just to say, we're not called to be slacker. We're called to be excellent in everything we do. Even in our academic preparation, we're called to give our best to God. So it's right there listed for us, high expectations. So how are we doing on that? We're blessed with great principals, great teachers who work hard for our students. And we try to meet students where they are and help them grow towards their God-given potential. Mm-hmm. Um, our students do well on testing. What I love is that our, st- our schools are opening their doors broader. It used to be oftentimes that the Catholic schools were sort of for the gifted at times. Hmm. Um, but we're, we're broadening our outreach, and so we're getting more students with special needs. And what a blessing they are to mm-hmm. our schools. And it's great to see them succeeding. And in us opening our doors, we are enriched by the gifts that they bring. And amen to that. Just just adding that. We have a great resource program director and staff at our school, and they work with children with different learning needs, and it is a joy. We, we have so many great learners in our school environment. And so, Carl, thanks for sharing that. One quick story. that So I had a, a young man who wanted to transfer into our school when I was uh, at Marion, and he had struggled at another school, and um, so we kind of talked about some of the challenges that he faced in terms of learning, and uh, talked over with his parents, and then decided he'd be a great fit for us. The next day, he came back wearing our Marion Jim shirt, and his comment was, I've dreamt of this day my entire life because I wanted to go to the same school as my brothers. Hmm. And that young man had such an impact on our school. It's great to see him now. He's... He's uh, out of high school, and he's serving as Eucharistic minister at uh, one of our parishes. But every time we just open our hearts a little bit, the Lord blesses us immeasurably. And so just an example of a young man who really did that. And one of the things, I might be a little biased as uh, somebody who went to Catholic school and is sending my kids to Catholic school, but it seems to me that, and I know we have some great public school teachers, and I, I know several of them are very dedicated, but it seems to me that a lot of the teachers that I see in our Catholic schools have maybe a slightly different vision of what it means to be a teacher and look at it as a vocation rather than an occupation. Can you maybe share how, how you have seen that? Absolutely, they do. That is that is a correct observation. And I um, just thank all my staff and, and all the teachers in our diocese. To try to uh, capture it for somebody who may not have seen it is, is tough to do in words, but I, I know for sure that our, our teachers come in with a place of prayer. Class starts with prayer, mm-hmm. and they start that they're hungering and searching for Christ's love. And if that's your starting point, it's a deeper level. If you can't speak to that, you know, you might have an incredibly dedicated Christian or Catholic teacher in the, in the public schools. But you're starting with, well, hey, we're here to learn the Pythagorean theorem, which is important. The kids should learn the Pythagorean theorem. (laughs) But if you're starting with, you need to know more than anything else that you are loved by God, and we're going to help show you that in the way that I'm going to model my life with you. And so, yes, of course, they they take a lower pay than the public schools can do. And there's other sacrifices, too. I mean, I think... I think teachers across the board give incredibly of their time. Sure. But I see that in our Catholic teachers 
daily. You know, they're, they're there very late hours. They're willing to do parent meetings. You know, contract says, hey, we're done at 315. Mm-hmm. Well, we just ran a parent meeting back in December. I'm thinking of a few we ran that started at six. Mm-hmm. And our teachers knew that those families needed that. And they there was no question in their mind that they would be there for that. So thank you again, teachers. It, <laughs> it is really a joy to work with them. So I think when, when crisis is the starting point, and, you know, we get it wrong. We're not perfect. But that's always our goal is to authentically be Christ to our kids. That's exciting. That's, that's, a, that's really a different cool. dimension to yeah. the teaching. Yeah. Yeah. A couple quick comments on that. So one of a absolutely blessed moment for me every day when I was teaching was the I'd start class with intentions and to have the young people offer up here are the burdens that they're carrying, things that are happening in their family, personal concerns, it just would completely change the tenor of the class, no matter what the lesson's gonna be. So I I could follow up with that uh, student later on and give them some encouragement. We are blessed to be able to educate the whole child, not just academics and emotionally and spiritually and uh, socially and emotionally, but to really touch that spiritual side that uh, I think back to when Mother Teresa came to our diocese and when she came to the United States, she talked about Mm. poverty of material goods and poverty of spirituality. And the spiritual poverty is the more serious one. And we are so fortunate to be able to go there with our students, not have to dance around God mm-hmm. questions. I'll see some of our teachers. We have, uh, I know some parishes might have perpetual adoration or, or other models. We have adoration every Thursday. And again, out east, adoration wasn't always as common. So I, I truly appreciate that. And so I think for a very long time, our junior high teachers have taken their kids, maybe in religion class or even in another class, where they just realize, just from what you're saying, Carl, I heard intentions today. And I need to change something here. I, I need to get to my standard, and I am going to get to that standard. But we're going to pause for 20 minutes and go be with the Lord mm-hmm. and help these kids that – or this one kid that just really needed to be in front of God. And now we're seeing that third, fourth, fifth grade, our teachers are taking their kids over second grade sometimes. And so many of the kids are talking about the silent prayer as something they cherish. You know, our, our world is so busy. There's so many distractions pace of life technology we could go on you know with other examples but they are cherishing the silence and the prayer and i'm I'm so proud of our teachers for that and i think that's that's the difference you know i think you could have tons of teachers in any public school you name that might have that same desire in their heart but they certainly can't walk over to the church and put their kids in front of the lord and have that time in prayer betsy williams is a teacher at saint anthony's in south bend and she was a kindergarten teacher and now she's teaching older students but she would take our kindergartners over to the church to spend time from the Blessed Sacrament. And when the students were getting near the end of their kindergarten year, they were lamenting the fact that they wouldn't have the opportunity the following year. So they basically asked her, "Could can we still do this? So she started a Eucharistic Adoration Club for grade school children. Yeah. And she said the, the biggest group to come was fifth grade boys, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she shared Amen. an amazing story that uh, a young girl came out and uh, – Betsy Williams was talking to the mom and said, make sure you ask your daughter what happened in adoration today. So the girl hopped into the back seat and mom said, so what, what happened in adoration? Well, I saw Grace today. Well, really? What, what did that look like? Yeah. And she said, well, all the children were kneeling around the altar and I could see silver rain falling down on all the children. Huh. And I think of the gospel stories of let the children come to me yeah. and the children will lead us. That purity of heart, that sometimes the greatest distance in us adults is between our heads and our hearts. And for the children, 
the Lord is right there. And so I think we can, we're blessed with so many teachers like Betsy and we had her speak to all of our principals in the South Bend side to kind of spread this opportunity for our children. But Betsy, just one of many, many uh, teachers that bring the faith every day to our children. Yeah. All right. Well, I have so much more to talk about. We have Catholic Schools Week coming up. We have the March for Life in D.C. I'd love to talk to you more about the ACE program over at Notre Dame and more. Also, if people have questions for Bishop for a future episode of Truth and Charity, you can go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. You can call or text the Holy Cross College text line 260-436-9598. And we got more about Catholic Schools coming up right here on Truth and Charity, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity. Bishop Rhodes is out of town, so joining us are two of our special guests talking about Catholic education. We've got Carl Lesh. He is the Secretary for Catholic Education over at the Diocese, and Zach Coyle, the principal at St. John the Baptist School in New Haven. And one of the issues that comes up when we're talking about Catholic education is the voucher program, which has been a huge benefit to our Catholic schools. Do you mind commenting on on that? Yeah, maybe just step back just a bit. So Indiana is pretty unique. We actually have two programs. There's the Choice Scholarship Program, sometimes called the Voucher, and we have Uh Tax Credit Scholarships. Mm -hmm. Some states have one or the other. We're fortunate to have both offered. So it's really the concept of school choice that's the bigger picture here, that parents have the right to choose where they want their child to receive the education. So in Indiana, you can choose a public school in your home district, or you could go outside of your district to a different one. You could choose a charter school. You could choose a a private or non-public school. Mm -hmm. We're blessed that many families now can use the Choice Scholarship to make a Catholic school education more affordable. There are other opportunities with the Tax Credit Scholarship. Thank you to the donors who support this. It's a wonderful opportunity to kind of help families access Catholic education. So to look at the full picture here, the key message to go to parents is if you'd love to have your child in Catholic school, concerned about the finances, go talk to your principal and your pastor. I'm pretty sure there's a way to to make that happen. Um, but really, the, the Choice Scholarship helps the family, mm-hmm. not the school. And some people might argue that that money is being taken from our public schools, which may need the money. Uh, in what way is the Catholic school system actually helping the government and helping with the finances of public education? First of all, for... Over a century, our Catholic schools, our diocese, we serve the common good. We've educated some wonderful citizens, people that go on to be politicians, mayors, business leaders in our community. We've provided tremendous service. I saw a story a couple years ago that if the Catholic schools in the United States closed and we sent every child to public school, it would cost the United States government $20 billion. Hmm. Now, here, we're not here about money. We're about saving souls of children. But there is a financial impact that every child that is uh, with us, it does save money for the government. And uh, but we're pleased to welcome the souls that come to us. I don't know, Zach, if you want to comment on the impact of your school. Absolutely. It's, it's a real joy that Indiana has thought about what it can do as a state for families. Coming from Maryland, we did not have a voucher program. When I started as a principal, there was no tax credit scholarship either. Although that did start in in my time there in a much more limited way than Indiana has. So there weren't those resources that we do have. And, you know, being here now a year and a half, we have a number of families we're able to help serve, whether it be through an SGO, which is, you know, the tax credit scholarship or the school choice or still through parish aid. Mm -hmm. And so I think there might be some families listening who would say, well, 
you know, they might know about income limits for either of those. And maybe we're outside that, but hey, I have six kids. What do I do? There still is aid in the parishes that can help. And what a joy. You know, we have the opportunity to serve. And that's what every school wants, whether you're public or Catholic or, you know, whatever your underlying mission is. And so for me, I think, you know, there were times as a principal in Maryland when I had no options and could not offer any further assistance to a family. And, and that breaks your heart because, you, you know, you wanted to. Yeah. And so they couldn't come. Now, for me personally, I can usually find a way through God's grace, through working with our pastor. To, there is that way. You mm-hmm. know, we can help our families. And so it keeps more schools open, and more schools open certainly mean lower class sizes across the state, and that's always a plus for kids. So it's a joy to be here in Indiana, and I just thank God that there's been some great leadership for families here in the state. And there's no guarantee that those will be in place in the future. So what should we be on the lookout for for continuing to support this? So I would pay attention this coming legislative session uh, to – be communication with your legislators to talk about what this has meant for your family, for your school. In our diocese, I think the number is at least 6,500 young people are on some kind of uh, choice scholarship. What a blessing that is for those children. And so if legislation were to change, that would be immediate impact on these families. So mm-hmm. if, if you're one of those families like I am that uh, receive a choice scholarship for our children, we need to advocate for our families, advocate for our children that this is a great gift uh, to our state. We're producing good citizens that have solid morals and want to serve their communities. Shifting the topic a little bit, you mentioned Notre Dame's ACE program, the Alliance for Catholic Education. Can you explain what that is? Sure. So uh, about 20 years ago, uh, Father Scully and others were looking at the sort of landscape of Catholic education, and Notre Dame wanted to jump in and help. And they wanted to get faith-filled Catholic teachers to the classroom, particularly to underserved areas of the country. And so they envisioned a new program where uh, young people typically just graduating from college with a degree and could be anything. could be biology, science, math, uh, history. They'd uh, go to school and receive a master's degree in education and training in pedagogy. And then they would serve two years in under-resourced Catholic schools around the country. ACE has placed thousands of teachers in these schools. What a blessing is to have you know, graduates of Notre Dame or other Catholic schools getting their master's degree from Notre Dame and getting sent to Los Angeles and the Southwest and Mississippi. And I happen to be one in South Bend. Uh, that's how I received my master's degree in education. It's been a true blessing, and now 11 other universities have developed very similar programs. Loyola, I think Dayton has one. Um, and so now we're sending, taking these zealous young people who are on fire with the faith and love education, giving them the skills to really impact education. Now, Zach, you were in a similar program, correct? I, I was in the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, but there were certainly a few few differences. But boy, am I glad for ACE because some of the um, other dioceses have modeled programs, as you were saying, other, other colleges providing the master's programs. Uh-huh. But uh, Baltimore Archdiocese, in a, in a way, with blessings, copied that program, and it's called uh-huh. Operation Teach. And that's what brought my wife to teach at my high school, which is how we met. <laughs> and so it's literally why I'm here today. And, uh, you know, Carl, I think I had an easier time. When I was learning to teach, my, my whole world was this one volunteer year and, and the school I served. And I was not doing master's coursework until my, my next year when I would uh, go on to teach back in the Baltimore area. Mm-hmm. But when you're learning to be a teacher and you are starting from scratch and figuring out your plans and all the standards and, of course, always, how, how am I being Christ you know, to these kids? And packing up 
going on to your grad classes that night and writing grad papers after that, boy, is it tough. But <laughs> you're tested in the fire and, and you come out and you come out with a lot of love and really some sharp professional acumen. My wife, Kelly, would go on to become a volunteer mentor to communities. I respect her so much, but I respect their program so much that fosters volunteerism. And there are some great teachers that have come from these programs. So it's it's a real win for the national landscape. That's well said, Carl, uh, for Catholic education. Yeah. And ACE has added additional programs beyond just the traditional teacher formation. Now they're forming Catholic school principals. Many of our principals have been through there, teaching our uh, certification in English as a new language, uh, working with our pastors who have a higher Latino population in their parish. So they're really having a huge impact uh, in our diocese and across the country in Catholic education. Yeah. All right. Well, we are here with our special guests talking about Catholic schools because Catholic Schools Week is coming up. And I want to talk about that as well as the March for Life in D.C. and World Youth Day in Panama, all kinds of stuff that is coming up here. And so we talk about that. And if you have any questions for Bishop when he comes back, you can go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. Call or text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. And coming up, we'll talk more about our Catholic schools right here on Truth and Charity, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity. I'm Kyle Hyman, and Bishop is out of town. And so joining us to talk about our Catholic school system here in the diocese are two special guests, Carl Lesh, the Diocesan Secretary for Catholic Education, and Zach Coyle, Principal at St. John the Baptist School in New Haven. Catholic Schools Week is January 28th through February 1st. Always an exciting time. Uh, Usually some crazy antics, as well as some fun celebration. Uh, Any thoughts on our Catholic Schools Week? First, as we look towards Catholic Schools Week, I have to start. It starts with the leadership of our bishop. We have an education bishop who loves our schools. He loves being in them. Every year he visits each of the four high schools and many of the grade schools. And it's such a joy to see him interacting with the young people they love, asking him questions. <laughs> a year or so ago, we were at St. Vincent's in Elkhart, and he walked into a kindergarten classroom. And oh you can tell that the priests were frequent visitors in the school. Uh-huh. And as Bishop came into the classroom, one of the boys kind of quickly ran up and gave Bishop a hug on the leg. And then pretty soon he's got 20 kids on him. <laughs> but it was just a beautiful yeah. thing. And so thank yeah. you to Bishop Rhodes. Thank you to our pastors who spend time in our schools. We are truly blessed that they care and invest their personal time and energy in our schools. Yeah. Amen to that. And I want to uh, just give a shout out and a thank you to Bishop Rhodes. He makes a real point of coming to at least one principal meeting every year. Mm-hmm. I think that really speaks volumes about his love and respect of the Catholic schools. He says mass for us and, and will be with us for lunch and, and maybe some segment of the meeting. And it's really fun to have him there. And it's very uplifting when you have one of the direct successors to the original apostles that Christ built his church on who's there with you and says, keep doing this good work. It's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. But Catholic Schools Week is very exciting, too. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't get me wrong. It's, uh, we're really pumped here. We've got an open house coming up, and I thank our teachers for coming in on Sunday. We kick that off with a mass, which is the perfect way to start a Catholic Schools Week. Open houses for current and new families. That's mm-hmm. a blast. Whole schedule of events for the week. We're really pumped. But the capstone is always a faculty versus eighth grade volleyball game. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm still a little shocked that we lost last year. I mean, I we had the first game, but we lost the last two. So I've you know I've been practicing at least three hours a day. So no, <laughs> I would I'm, hope I'm so. kidding. That's not true at all. But it was really fun. The kids were so amped up uh, winning. So we'll we'll see how we do this year. It'll be great. 
I think it was last year, the year before, St. Matthews invited Bishop Rhodes to come and play in their faculty staff volleyball day. Okay. So if you need another player, pull him in off of the bench. He's Fantastic. Very, he's very competitive. <laughs> I don't know how good he is at volleyball, but a very competitive man. Boy, that would be fun having him. That'd be great. Another thing that I wouldn't nor- normally associate with Catholic schools, but the March for Life happens every year over in Washington, D.C., and sure, a bunch of young people from all across the country go to it, but this year we have a, a very special opportunity for one of our Catholic schools. So John Pratt, who is our Diocesan Director of Youth Ministry, wrote to the coordinators of the March for Life and asked, what does it take to be the high school group leading the march? Uh-huh. Because he wanted to nominate our entire diocese. He said, well, you can't nominate a diocese. You Mm. can nominate a school. And I had told John about the history of Witness for Life at Bishop Dwinger High School. uh, Way back in the early 90s when I was there, and certainly before me, uh, uh, John Gaughan and others, uh, this community is such a pro-life community, that I told John these stories. So he put it into an application, sent it out to March for Life, and out of all the high schools in the United States— Bishop Dwenger is going to be the high school group leading the march. There's a, one college and one high school. So Bishop Dwenger High School will be leading the march, carrying flags in front of hundreds of thousands of people. It's a great tribute to Bishop Dwenger, but all of our Catholic schools here. Yeah. And so the diocese is taking a huge group this year. So we normally have a large contingent. Uh, this year we've had to order extra buses. I think we have eight buses now coming from our Fort Wayne uh, youth And we have at least four coming from South Bend. So 12 buses of young people loaded up heading to March for Life. It's great. Yeah. It's a really great experience. You know, when I was living in Maryland, it was obviously easier to get there. (laughs) And I was uh, just remembering the one year uh, that we got to go. Uh, My brother-in-law, who's one of our deacons, transitional deacons for the diocese, and so he'll be ordained this coming June. We're so pumped for him. So he came, but at the time, he was in his undergraduate studies in Columbus. So he had that trip. And, you know, we saw each other for all of two minutes at most, probably less, and, you know, this huge hug, and it was so exciting. And, you know, what a cool event that this, these are people who are just excited for Christ and excited for trying to help our country nationally learn learn the truth of, of what it is. When you're motivated by that love, boy, can it change hearts. So it's, it's pretty exciting. All right. Well, one other thing that is uh, a big deal is the World Youth Day trip. So you're going to be going on that, Carl? Just a couple of weeks, we'll be heading to Panama with 85 people from our diocese, and our Bishop Rhodes leader will be right out there in front. We have five priests, uh, many of our seminarians, and I think four Franciscan sisters, young adults, and uh, about 45 teenagers, high school students from our diocese. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us to talk about Catholic schools. Where should we send people if they are looking to learn more about a Catholic school? Or what would you recommend for somebody who's considering a Catholic school for their kid? What's the next step? If you're that parent or grandparent and you'd love to see your child in a faith-filled environment for 35 hours a week, Mm -hmm. what a blessing that is, where it's the daily drip of faith, those opportunities to talk to faith, I'd encourage you to talk to your pastor, call the nearest Catholic school. You can call the Catholic school's office. Uh, we'll help you uh, get matched up with the school. I'd say go for a visit on a regular day mm-hmm. and ask your child to uh, shadow a student of similar interest and just see for yourself. Uh, it's a great way to kind of try it on for size. And uh, I can almost guarantee you're going to have a beautiful, faith-filled experience. And uh, 
we're so grateful to our, our principals and our teachers and staff that uh, bring make Christ present to our students. And I would just add, you know, it is a real joy to give tours to families, again, in, in regular school hours. And I think, you know, nationally, when you think of the millennial generation, you know, maybe as parents now looking a little more online, I want to give a real kudos to our diocese and our schools for putting more useful information on our websites. Mm-hmm. So certainly the diocesan website's a great resource to see all of the schools that are available. But I've... I've uh, been very blessed to see our own website really improve and offer some more meaningful content. And I think that's really a trend. Speaking with other principals, I know it's, an, it's a trend. So certainly, even if you don't know your school's website that you might look at, Google will, will bring you there. And there's yeah. a lot to look at that way. So, But the phone call is always, always the best. Come in for the tour. But you can uh, get your feet wet a little bit by looking online as well. All right. Well, great. Thank you so much. Uh, I'd like to close in a prayer, if you would, wouldn't mind joining me. Uh, there was one actually on the the ACE program's website that uh, I thought was kind of appropriate for our topic of Catholic education. So uh, would you mind joining me in prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, Son the and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Christ, our teacher, you invite your faithful people to make disciples in your image and to announce good news to the poor. We thank you for the gift of Catholic schools. Where the message of your life, death, and resurrection is proclaimed. Christian community is experienced. Service to our brothers and sisters is modeled. And worship of you is cultivated. Increase our zeal for ensuring that all children and families can benefit from a high-quality Catholic education and that Catholic schools grow in their ability to nurture the soul of our nation. We ask this through the intercession of Our Lady, Mother of Catholic Schools. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, well, thank you again to Carl Lesh and Zach Coyle for joining me today for a very special episode of Truth and Charity. Appreciate thank it. you, Kyle, and thank to everyone at Redeemer Radio. Real blessing to be here. Thanks, Kyle. It's great to be with you. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.